0: Today we've reached Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at children and parents. Last time we we looked at wives and husbands, and we're now going to look at chapter 6 and the first four verses. And what I'm going to do is to cover, first of all, bringing up children, and then what does honour mean, honouring your parents, And then I want to focus on honoring parents with imperfections and how this can be problematic. So let's start by looking at the passage. I don't have a handout this week because all we have is just these four verses. So let's read these together. So children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And then there's a quote from the Ten Commandments honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That is the promise that they were given. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction from the Lord. And uh, just a, a few comments about that before we... We really get into this. Um, you'll notice that children obey their parents, but the warning is only against fathers. And I would say that this is speaking into the culture at that time, where there was a culture where fathers were likely to provoke their children to anger much more than mothers were. But I don't think he's saying that it's, that children never get angry with their mothers. I don't think that's the, that's the point here. This was a particular situation he's addressing, and it would apply equally to mothers if that was uh, something that would come up in that culture. so, uh, but the other side of the coin is both mother and father are to be honored equally there. And there's, that's very, very clear. Um, because most people here don't have children, I'm going to focus on the first three verses here, which is about our parents, because I think all of us have parents. Anybody here never have parents? So. Most of us have got parents who are still alive as well. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on today. <clears throat> so let me ask you, um, does the Bible teach, I'm going to focus to start with on, on, on children. Does the Bible teach that parents should beat, beat their children? Does the Bible teach that? You may have heard, um, sp- uh, spare the rod and you will spoil the child as a proverb. You know that's not in the Bible. People commonly quote that and say that's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Um, The closest we can get from it would be Proverbs 22, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on Proverbs 22. So uh, if you look at the ESV, it will say, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him, which does sound a a little bit like feeding your child with a rod, doesn't it? Uh, there are a couple of places where I don't feel this is translated well. And if you're interested in this topic, I can give you a link to a really, really good resource uh, looking at all of the, the, the problematic passages and proverbs and seeing how they should be translated. So come and, come and ask me and I'll send that to you if you're interested in that. But I'm just going to look at this one for now. So let's look at uh, the rod to start with. Uh, I'm going to argue that this is a metaphor here. He's not talking about literally hitting your child with a rod because we often get a metaphor, this metaphor, say Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this is speaking to a shepherd. This is the sheep speaking to the shepherd. So would a a, a sheep be comforted by a a rod that's hitting it? I don't think so what it's doing is saying this is a rod that guides me that pushes me in the right direction uh no shepherd is going to be smashing their sheep because like this these are, this is valuable to them uh, so they're going to be uh, so what he's saying is the fact that you are leading me and guiding me uh is a comfort to me and so the rod here is not literally smashing them it's it's actually um a, a metaphor for giving direction. Uh, so that's how I think that w- the problem with Rod. The problem with uh, drives it far from him is also, I think, a mistranslation. Now, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and one of the wonderful things about Hebrew is that it doesn't have that many words. And so they, the words can mean many different things depending on the context. Which is wonderful if you want to be poetic or kind of give allusions, but it's hard if you want to really pin down an exact meaning. And the word translated drives it far from him, is, is got, uh, is generally has got the idea of going to, going to a, a good place, like going to a, a large place. And, um, uh, and I would say, that a better translation would be for the whole verse, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of instruction, rather than discipline, I should have said that's a better, a better um, translation, a rod of instruction puts it far from him. So the idea of drive isn't actually really in that word. It's the idea of, of putting it away. So putting the foolishness away. So when you read the way i translate translated it in verse 15, you can see it couldn't be used, spare the rod and spoil the child. It's not the whole, not the purpose of it at all. The parent is there to guide the children away from folly, just like a shepherd might guide a sheep away from a dangerous place where it could get hurt. And as I said, I can give you links to more resources on this if you're interested. Uh, So that's all I'm going to say about parents and children, because as I said, we don't have a lot of parents here. Um, Hopefully that will change, but that's how we have it. So now um, I'm going to look at what honor means, which is pretty critical to understanding this passage. And I'm going to say, what does it mean then to honor our parents? So, so let's go back um, to these verses. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with promise that it may go well with you and you may live in the, long in the land. Now, the first thing I want to say is this here is the word used here is not talking about adult children. It's talking about little children. Um, But here, uh, this is broader and this is talking about for all of us, calling all of us to honor our father and mother. And uh, this is is an important thing that's being commanded here. So what does it mean if you are to honor your own father and mother? What does that actually mean? So I did some some study on this word. As I said, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament word for honor is, again, it's a word that can have many different uses. It literally means to be heavy. And so to, to honor somebody is to treat them with weight, to give them weight. But the word can like, so for example, when Isaac was old and his eyes were getting blind, it said his eyes were heavy. His eyes were honoured. You know, if it said God was angry with a nation and He He disciplined them, it says His hand was heavy on them. The same word as honoured. So, it's um it's uh, a word that's not a precise word, but it's got the idea of carrying weight of importance. This person has got importance. They should be considered as 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 important to you of great value and importance. So it could also be used to valuing something, giving it weight. Um, When the the Old Testament got translated into Greek, because this is New Testament now, and it was all translated into Greek, they chose a word to translate into Greek, which has got the idea of, a very similar idea, but particularly of financial support. So for example, um, when... The New Testament says that widows um, who don't have any other form of support should be honored by the church. It literally means the church should support their financial needs. And uh, uh, so uh, Jesus' uh, teaching about honoring supports this idea. So if we go to chapter Mark, Jesus is arguing, sorry, uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter seven, Jesus is arguing uh, with the Pharisees that they're not honoring their parents. He said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, that means, okay, I'm going to take all I was going to give to you the rest of my life, and I'm going to give it to the temple and uh, get my tax receipt. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's basically what they're doing, saying, you know, what, give all your money now, and you don't have to honor your parents at all. Like right? And so, obviously, this is, this is a, a way that they've managed to have loopholes in God's law. And the Pharisees were wonderful at finding loopholes, so they didn't actually have to obey the law. And Jesus says, no, you've... Um, what you've done is no longer permit someone to do anything for their father and mother. They've already given the the money ahead of time, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you handed down and many such things you do. And so here, the word honor is interpreted in terms of supporting their needs, And so what I want to do to to tie this together, I want to say honoring your parents is two things. it's treating them with importance, they're important in your life, they have weight, they should be considered as that. And the second is making sure they have their needs met. And both of these can be complicated, but this is how I would sum it up. Um, uh, So... The question then is, does this mean that adult children should obey their parents if they give them weight? Um, so I'm going to give you a, a couple of examples of Jesus in his life. Uh, this is in John chapter 2. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. So what's Jesus again to say? Mother, I must obey you. I'll turn the water into wine right now. Is that what he says? He says... Woman, and that's actually a good translation because it's like a very sort of neutral word, not the word you would use for somebody who you know well. Uh, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But then she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And she speaks that in faith. And we have the miracle. So uh, Jesus is not just blindly doing what she says. Another example in Jesus' life is in Matthew 12. While he was still speaking to his people, to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking, asking to speak to him. Your mum's outside. You've got to honour her and come out and speak to her. Someone told him your mother is... Sorry, I've So that's, that's what it says. Someone told him your mother and your brothers are standing outside asking to speak to you. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Wow. What's actually happening here? He's obeying God rather than men. He's putting his calling to serve the Lord ahead of a a, something that they would kind of distract him from what he was doing. So, um, and there's a um, there's some other places we could look at. Um, what about when our parents are completely wrong in what they, t- they tell us to do? Here's an example from Genesis 27. Rebecca was listening. She's listening to her husband talking to the eldest son. Rebecca said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Pretty straightforward there. Go to the flock, bring me two good young goats, so I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies, because the father's lost his sight. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, he said, you know, he said, won't he feel my arms and feel they're not hairy? And she says, well, I'm going to do this. And she ends up by saying, let your, your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. So here she's, and he does obey her. He 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 does that. And that causes this massive rift and he has to leave home and so on. So um, So I think this is a clear example where his mother is telling him to deceive his father, and this is wrong, and you shouldn't obey that. Um, so uh, this is, so. I think this is fairly clear-cut. When we're told to do something that's against God's will, then we don't obey our parents. But the real difficulty is honoring problem parents. Honoring problem parents. And I want to divide this into four categories. The first is loving but Unwise parents, you know your mum calls you up. I've just been sipping this peppermint tea; it's so lovely. I think you should invest all of your retirement savings in peppermint, you know, because it just tastes so. You, you take my word; I'm your mum. I'm telling you, all your retirement savings invest in peppermint, and and you know that's so. You know that's that's a. Things are going to get worse as we go down. Uh, so the second one is loving, but just completely wrong. I mean this is just not right to do this and and I guess you could put Rebecca in that category uh, third is emotionally immature parents with poor boundaries so this would be um, so the, the the one who calls you up all the time and maybe shows up at your home without you know without warning and just wants to run your life for you and um, uh, just just uh, doesn't doesn't really have respect proper boundaries in your life. And uh, the third, the fourth one is when the parent is abusive. And uh, the, um, uh, an example of that would be a very sad example in in recent years where there's a mega church pastor who discovered his dad had been guilty of being a pedophile. And um, he was legally required to report this to the police. And he didn't do this, and now he's facing criminal charges for not reporting the, the, what his dad did. Um, he must have thought he was honouring his dad by not reporting him to the police, but this is this is not the case. Uh, now, uh, I want to spend most of the rest of the time on number C because I think this is uh, very common and it is problematic for us, and it's something that many of us have to deal with. I mean, who here has perfectly mature parents? No emotional immaturities at all. I don't think there's uh, any of them. Hmm? Okay, we do now because they've both gone to glory. <laughs> um, and of course our kids do. Um, um, so, so... Um, so I want to talk then we talked about uh bring up children what honoring means and now honoring parents with imperfections so emotionally immature parents um as i said before not having good boundaries so just just uh not knowing when they they need to let you make decisions in your own life um giving unsolicited advice you know, about your eating habits or your relationships or your employment, you know, the advice that keeps coming, and uh, this can be a a problem. They can put pressure on you in terms of, like, you know, you need to do this in your career. You need to do this. And just feeling you've got to, you've got to please them. You've got to match up to what they, the, the hopes that they have for you. You know, I've done so much for you. Like, I've sacrificed so much for you. You need to do this. And that kind of guilt trip that you can get put on you. Um. So if only you'd done that, you know, if you'd, uh, if you'd done that, you wouldn't be in this problem. Why didn't you listen to me when you did that? And you should have you you stayed with that guy or, you know, you should have done. So this sort of thing. Um, criticizing the choices that you've made um, doesn't respect your partner or like your partner. And that can be a big problem. You know, the mother-in-law or father-in-law that, that's constantly criticizing or, again, equally problematic the way they treat your kids is not helpful. And um, this, is, uh, this is what we can experience. And I want to sum this up under the title of Generational Brokenness. Generational brokenness. And we know that um, the sin was passed down from the first family. And partly is passed down in, in, in our identity. But partly it's passed down in a broken world, and we're in it. We we come into a broken world, and we experience this, and this gets passed on. And so I just tend to spend a few moments on how this happens. Uh, all parents have some brokenness, uh, and the tiny children are very sensitive to how to get their needs met. And what happens is we developed patterns of behavior which worked best for us. So we're very highly tuned to what do I need to do to get my parent to behave in a way that that is going to be looking after me the best. And we tend to figure out very quickly what we need to do to make our parent happy with us or life to go well. And this can be Whole different different number of things. Um, it might be we just have to get out of our parents' way at certain times because things don't go well when, and, and we just have to hide. It might be all kinds of things, or it might be we have to, to kind of do this and make them happy. We have to achieve this. We take on a role. As a little child, where it could become a people pleaser or a hard worker, the perfect child, a demander, because some parents respond to you just nagging them and just going on at them and they'll give you what you want. You know, the child quickly learns what they need to do or they may just need to disappear because they'll get hurt if they're, if they're seen. And so, for example, a very critical parent might make us a perfectionist who avoids criticism at any cost because it's so painful when our parents criticize them. And so this is the generational brokenness that comes down through our parents, and in some ways through all parents. And what happens is this creates ourself, this creates the child which we are a grown-up version of now. And as adults, we can still carry the voice of our parents in our heads. We may not, may not consciously m- know it sounds like our parents, but it's, it's the voice of our parents that's there. And it might be something like, you stupid person, why did you do that? And it's, it's just been carried in us. Uh, you, you must study every moment to get the best grade. Uh, and we take on a role. Developed when we're very young, and we we make people happy, we make them go away, we make them respect us. We never crit Whatever the role is, we need to do. We take this on, and I want you to notice that Satan uses these same pathways to attack us. These same uh, ways that the, that we learned when we were young. This brokenness that came down can come in through Satan using this voice, taking on the voice of our parent and making uh, accusation. And so the, the the main point I want to leave you with in this message is that we need to replace the old with the new. We need to replace the 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 person we became as that little child, in order to survive, in order to please our parents, in order to to for things to work the best given their brokenness, it tends to be the person we grow up into, and that is not the new person we are in Christ. In Ephesians 4 it says, Put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and to to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Which parent does the new self come from? Yeah, it comes from our, from from God. Uh, he's the one. So that's beautiful. The way that links that together in verse twenty-four, that it's, it's the new self is actually from our perfect Father in heaven that's, that's created us in this way. <clears throat> so, so coming back to honouring our parents, it's essential that we don't drop back into our old self. When we are relating to our parents, because typically what happens is when we relate to our parents, they behave the way they've always done and we drop back into the ways we've learned, which just make things go easiest. And we can fall back into that old self. That is not helpful for them and it's not helpful for us. It, it, um, it, it might, it might uh, make things go easier in the short term, but what we need to do is when we're relating to our parents, we need to be acting out of our new selves, which might not go well for a while. It might have some problems, but ultimately it will go better. And that is the way that they will find healing. <clears throat> so uh, I, want to, um, I want to say then, to put this together, honoring your parents You are dishonoring your parents if you treat them, if you let them treat you out of their own brokenness and immaturity. I'm going to say that again because that's quite a heavy thing to say. You are dishonoring your parents if you let them treat you out of their own brokenness or immaturity. So, this is fundamental to what it means to honor them. To honor your parents means to help them come to wholeness in Christ. Now, I don't mean that you take on the role of fixer, because that's just another role that we're taking on. And you may not be in a position to fix your parents, and you shouldn't make that your goal of your life, because that's something only God can do. Uh, uh, Nevertheless, this, uh, this is something that can be very challenging but important, Because our brokenness is connected to theirs. And so when we come and help them come out of their own brokenness, it's linked to our own brokenness. (laughs) However, I would say we are in a unique position to bring God's healing to them. We are in a unique position to do that because of who we are as children. Uh, There's an excellent book that I would recommend, uh, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. It's not a Christian book, but the the, the ideas in it fit exactly with what I've been saying now in terms of healing. It's about healing generational brokenness within families and about identifying your old self and your new self. And so what uh, I'm going to suggest you do and this is really beyond the scope of this message here, but what you need to do is to, when you're interacting with your parents, to say, what is coming out of my old self here? And what is coming out of my new self? And try and be sensitive to that. Try and get uh, a sensitivity to what that, what it is, the way you're behaving. Say, why did I do that? Hmm, Is uh, is that coming out of this, who I am in Christ? Or is it coming out of this something I learned to respond to as a child? This is critical because you can't live out of your new identity unless you actually can recognize when you're living out of your old self or when you're living out of your new self. You have to be sensitive when you're with your parents to where your behavior is coming from. And then there are, it, it's not easy to help them, but you're not helping them if you continue in that model. And and it's important, on the one hand, help them reach wholeness, but the other hand, value and honour them and 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 just be gentle in the way you do that. So as I said, this is beyond the scope of this, but uh, there's some excellent material I can recommend to you if you uh, are challenged in this way. And most of us have got some sort of challenges in this way. Um, and so, I also want to end with this verse, and I want to let this verse you know this is this should be our life verse really this should be how we live our lives. we put off our old self which belongs to the old it belongs to the way we used to be it belongs to the brokenness that was that came upon us because we 're born into a broken world it belongs to the old ways we we thought we had to do in order to survive and but But we are renewed now, and we have a new creation power within us. We have a new parent, and we can put on our new self, which is created after the likeness of God, which has got a new way of relating to others. And by doing that, I think that in the grace and power of God, we can honor our parents the best. So I would love to talk to anybody who's who wants to, to discuss this further afterwards. I'll be open to doing that. But let's just commit this to each one of us to God in prayer now as we end this. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are so perfect and loving and we can come to you and we know that you love us and you forgive us and you show so much grace to us. And Lord, we pray we come to you, ask for each of us to, to be able to live out this this truth in our lives. Help us, Lord, to recognize our old selves, to recognize the way that brokenness has, has uh, created false false things inside us. Show us, Lord, help us to recognize how we should live in you. And Father, we pray that each one of us will be able to honor our parents more and more, to bless them and to lead them into wholeness with you. We commit each one of us to you in our walks with our parents and our children if we have them in Jesus name. Amen.